Welcome to the Beyond the Oaks podcast, a podcast devoted to alumni professional career development. I am Taylor Stuck and serve as a graduate apprentice in the Office of Alumni Engagement. Today our guest joining us is Ian Valtudis to talk about how he navigated through the struggles of being the youngest mayor in the history of Burlington. Ian is a member of the class of 2008 and serves as the mayor, but is also the founder of Vibration Solutions in Palmoro, USA. Since becoming mayor, Ian has created the Mayor's Book Club program, advocated for civic engagement for all ages, and continued to invest in the Burlington community. Let's go ahead and get into it. Ian, welcome, and thank you for joining us. I covered a little bit about what you've been up to since graduation, but I wanted to take a step back um, and talk about what your involvement was as an undergrad here at Elon. As an undergrad, I was a a business entrepreneurship major and a a comm minor, which meant I got to make the trek back and forth between the business center and McEwen uh, all day long, which was an extensive walk, um, which helped engage across campus. So working with students all all across, never got stuck in my own bubble. Uh, But the biggest thing that I was involved with was Alpha Phi Omega Service Fraternity and Epsilon Sigma Alpha Service Sorority. Doing volunteer service has always been a huge part of my life from being a Cub Scout and then a Boy Scout, National Honor Society, um, and giving back to my community. And so those were the two outlets where I decided to spend most of my time when I wasn't at the business school working on my startup. Exactly. Yeah. So your startup. Let's mention, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. RJ Yoswick and I created Vibration Solution and really the product that we started with was Silent Feet, which are little rubber pads about the size of hockey pucks that go under washing machines. RJ came up with the idea as an undergrad, and then I joined onto the team to help make it a reality, work on the operations, production, all of those details. And we launched the company from our our dorm rooms while we were students here at Elon. We built our first production prototype set of 25 of these little pads uh, in 2007 and 2008. We started selling them, again, from our dorm room in uh, in March of 2008, shipping them from our campus boxes every morning uh, when we got website orders. And then we won a startup prize from the Evansville University New Venture Capital Competition for $10,000 that helped us really get the business going. That's awesome. So dorm, where'd you live? (laughs) I lived uh, Danielly P. Okay. uh, When I first... uh, Dan P. people will be happy to know a business was started up there and ran. (laughs) And then I uh, lived off campus for my last two years. Awesome. Awesome. So you've, you have, you do a lot for Burlington. I mean, you own many businesses within the area. Um, let's talk a little bit about, a little bit about that. As an entrepreneurship grad, really what you learn as an entrepreneur is this idea a mindset or a lens to look at the world upon and say, I see a problem now, how do I create a solution and how do I actually action upon that solution? And cutting my teeth on a project like Vibration Solution was was good, but meant that as soon as I saw more opportunities or problems around the community, I immediately wanted to take action on them. And my wife is now starting her own business, and she's like, I finally understand what you mean. Like, all of a sudden, I'm seeing all these other things around me, and I want to create a business or create a, a project around it. And so everything I've worked on has evolved from the previous step. Uh, so getting involved with Vibration Solution helped me design a product manufacturing and design company. It got me involved with the Chamber of Commerce, which got me connected with uh, local leaders like Eric Henry with TS Designs, who was he was passionately focused on company shops market in downtown. The more I got involved with what they were doing, the more I saw the need for a brewery in downtown. I was a home brewer, so I started to connect the dots. Eric and I sat down and created the Burlington Beer Works project in uh, 2013. And the brewery just opened just a couple weeks ago in downtown. But that project got me zeroed in on how we reshape the downtown of a community. 
how we create a vision, how we bring in other entrepreneurs, how the city council has a role to play, and how when everybody's working towards a single vision, we can actually transform the community. And that's what got me interested in politics because I wanted to see change and I didn't see that vision. I didn't see that whole community involvement coming from our elected leaders at the time. So I decided to toss my hat into the ring and give it a shot in 2013. And we didn't win, but we gave it another shot in 2015. And that's when I was elected as the youngest mayor in our community. Yeah. So, well, congrats on that also. And thank you for all you've done for our community. Um, I love to see the connection between your your studies here at Elon and then it's it's like it connecting the dots to uh, initiatives and, and need in the community. Um, so being the youngest mayor of Burlington, what challenges did you face? Significant challenges. Um, when I first started running for office, I did a lot of door knocking because we didn't have a lot of money to spend on yeah. marketing and all the other uh, types of advertising. So we said, we're just going to get out there and knock on thousands and thousands of doors. By the end of the campaign, we'd knocked on over 4,000 doors. Wow. Spent hot summer months and cool chilly fall months just knocking on doors all day long um, and a lot of times people would open that door and say wait you're not even old enough to vote what are you doing running for mayor <laughs> yeah. so I not only am I young but I look even younger than I am and I had to overcome that but what happened was I'd be at their door chatting with them talking about what they wanted to see in the community and after a couple minutes they'd realize that they'd never had an experience like that at no time in their entire life had somebody looking to serve in public office come to their doorstep to give them that amount of time to make their voice heard. And what they realized is it doesn't, at that point it didn't matter what my age was. It meant <laughs> what I was trying to do in the community. And we began to build supporters one by one that way. And so after a couple tries, after 12,000 doors knocked, we, we finally built enough support to, to earn that right to serve the community. And I think the most telling part of that is that when I was elected at age 30 as the youngest man in our history, the average age of a voter was 63 years old. Wow. So someone twice my age saw what I was trying to do, believed in, in how we wanted to transform the community, and they wanted to be a part of it too. So we had captured all generations in this new vision for the community, and that's how we've been able to be so successful. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, that's so important, and it's, it's hard to connect generations um, did you see that same challenge you faced with, with the voters as you did with the people you were working with as well? Yeah, um, it was a unique challenge. After I got elected, I'd show up at these mayor's conferences or meetings around the state, and I was the youngest one in the room. It was not uncommon to be mis for someone to mistake me as somebody's assistant. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, I'm the mayor of Burlington. It's fine. Um, and I had to basically earn my seat at the table by continuing to show up. Mm -hmm. And it, it really took at least the first two years of my first term to actually get people to recognize that, hey, I was in this for real. I hadn't just won accidentally. We were trying to make actual things happen um, and that people should actually take notice. And after those first two years, we really got, got to be heard, um, got invited as a partner to a lot more things and have been able to be much more effective. But it took sticking with it, um, just a lot of sticking with it. Yeah, yeah. So the persistence is... It's definitely key. Um, is that along with that, what kind of other advice would you give somebody who either going into an industry that they are generations below or um, just feels that they might not be adequate enough because of their age? I would say really understand why you're doing it. Um, when I first just thought about running for office, it all tied back to what we were trying to do with Burlington Beer Works and reinventing downtown. So we knew that in order to recreate the community, we needed to have people all buy into this vision and all help create it. 
And so everything I was doing, even if I was only making tiny incremental process, progress, was about how do we get more people to understand what's trying, what we're trying to get to happen here and for them to start to realize their place in it. And so whether it was the world's most boring meeting where I felt ineffective and ignored, if I could achieve one small victory out of that, one small connection with another person there, then I was making forward progress on that. Um, but at the end of the day, I had to understand why I was there. And I had to have that heart-to-heart -heart conversation with myself regularly about why you're continuing to pour so many hours of your day into this. But it continues to be our, our guiding principle. We, we don't run on a specific campaign of platform points of we're going to build this, we're going to give people this. It's more about how can we get more people involved in this process as leaders. Because ultimately, even though I'm young in my political career, I want to be able to hand over the reins at some point to somebody even more talented and even more qualified than myself who I can have confidence that they're going to keep moving our community in a, a good direction. It's the same way when you're an entrepreneur and you're creating a business. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you've got to hand over that business to people who are better than you. And that's intimidating. It's really intimidating. Um, but when you've got your eyes open, you understand why you're doing it, and you're constantly looking for people who are better than you, then you'll find success. Absolutely. And do you have a leader or mentor you look up to? As a mayor, I look up to my hometown mayor of, uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I grew up, Mayor R.T. Ryback was um, mayor when I was in high school. And he just had an incredible trait about really trying to reach people. Uh, he, would, he would get out, he'd knock doors. Whenever there was a parade, he wasn't up on a float. He was running alongside, shaking hands, talking to people, interacting with people. He really cared about the community. And that inspiration helps me every day to, to look for that opportunity, not just to be, but to engage. Yeah, I would definitely say you're a very visible uh, mayor and visible leader in, in our community for sure. Um, what steps of development um, professionally or even individually, prefer, like personally, um, have you made or taken to get to where you are today? I've challenged myself to learn something new every year, uh, whether that's learning how to do woodworking mm -hmm. or restore houses or uh, learn more about political law, whatever it is, I try to push myself and I end up learning multiple new things every year. Um, but to always make time in my schedule to do a deep dive into learning something and always seek mentors out who can help me explore that process. In addition, uh, I'm an avid reader. We started the Mayor's Book Club kind of out of knocking on doors. Everyone would say, have you read this book? And I'd say, no, I'm out here knocking doors 24-7. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we created a reading list and by the time I got elected, I had a list of over 100 books that I had to read. Wow. And I said, well, the only way I'm ever going to make it through this list, which keeps growing, is if I just sit down and dedicate myself to reading these books. But I said, well, we could be even more effective in this process if we invite the community to also engage in that. It's one thing if I understand an issue, it's a bigger uh, success if the community understands that issue and wants to put it to work. And so we've created these monthly community discussions around topics. And that's a way for all of us to understand and to learn and then take and apply that to our community. Uh, so I'm always out and about at professional development workshops, looking at mayor's conferences, entrepreneurship conferences, always looking for people who inspire me and new ideas to bring to our community. That's awesome. So you're a very busy person. Uh, how do you relax? Give me some downtime Ian activities. This past July, my wife and I bought a 108-year-old house in historic downtown okay. Burlington. <laughs> we've, we've been talking the talk about walkable communities mm -hmm. and living in downtown, and we finally said we're, we've got to do it. 
Uh, we were at a time in our lives that we could, and so we bought this amazing fixer-upper. We're mm -hmm. living in it as we fix it. So at the end of a busy, stressful day, I go home and I strip wallpaper and repair plaster <laughs> and rewire the house, and uh, we're, we're making significant progress on it. But I just, I love that time to listen to an audiobook to kind of meditate on what's happened in the day, some of the challenges I've had, some of the conversations that didn't go the way I want them to, and to just explore how I might have addressed those things differently, uh, as well as come up with new ways to approach problems. So that alone time, I'm an introvert, so being in a mayoral role is a very kind of stressful thing for me. Uh, I've had to learn a lot about working with people as I've kind of branched into this role. Um, but getting home, working on the house by myself is a, a great way for me to relax and recharge. Yeah, and use those woodworking skills like you mentioned. Exactly, <laughs> and learn new skills while yeah. I'm at it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's awesome. That is, yeah, that's quite the challenge. I necessarily wouldn't say that's my uh, form of relaxation is coming home to a, a, a project per se, but uh, I commend you for that. And again, going back to visibility, I mean, you make yourself visible and that is the best way to go about it is living where you work. Um, that's awesome. Well, any last advice you'd give to uh, a leader or a young person trying to go into a leadership role? Um, they've are intimidated by, um, they might feel resistance, they're already in that role. Um, any advice? One of the big things that I've been talking with young leaders about in our community is the fact that when you look around at different nonprofits, different organizations, a lot of them are led by volunteer boards. Um, and traditionally when we look at boards, they tend to be made up of older leaders in the community. And a lot of these boards recognize that that's not going to keep them successful. Mm -hmm. um, and thankfully a lot of organizations are starting to make a seat for young leaders at the table. Um, their challenge is finding those young leaders and knowing that those leaders want to engage. And so I would say to folks, there's a seat out there for you somewhere, um, but we really need you to really pinpoint why are you here, what are you doing, and then find that matching organization. Um, but even when you don't feel welcome, there's a, there is a seat out there for you somewhere. Um, and just sticking around, sticking with it, showing up helps make sure that you you earn that place. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And personally, um, through even just having the Elon name beside you allowed me to have one of those opportunities. Yeah. Um, I stuck around and I applied to a commission in Burlington when I was just a, a junior in, in college um, and was honored with the position on it. And I served for about a year and a half and had a tremendous experience. Um, and it was a good way to give back to the community and bridge um, Elon and Burlington together. Um, so I, I appreciate for all everything you've done for this community. I appreciate you taking the time to join me um, this evening. Uh, I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great evening. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you to our guest and to you for listening to the Beyond the Oaks podcast. If you enjoy the show, be sure to review and rate the podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure you don't miss out on the latest episode. This podcast has been brought to you in partnership with WSOE, Elon University's student-run radio station. Thank you, and I'll see you next time.